Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm uh, Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am co-editor of PW Comics World, the graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly, and the editor-in-chief of the beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. I write for PW Comics World. And I'm assistant editor at The Beat. And this week on More to Come, Outlook 2012. Um, we're going to be looking at today at uh, digital comics, sales trends, breakout publishers, cultural trends, upcoming books and creators, and news briefs. But first, let's put out a thank you to Jody Culkin, who has created our brand new theme Yeah, tour. how did you like that? Wasn't it snappy? Very, 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 a real toe-tapper. Yeah. Um, and we, since we neglected to mention her in the year-end um, uh, report, we're going to mention her now. Thanks to Jody. Uh, even though she's my wife, <laughs> she's also a valuable part of the PW Comics World team, photographer, uh, as well as all-around uh She's shape. like our consulting producer. She, she really consulting is. Consulting editor and, and we're, you know, valued member of the team. All so. right. Now, moving right on. Outlook 2012 digital comics. Well, there's going to be more of them. Well, we, <laughs> we can, clearly we could do an entire podcast on just digital comics uh, and um, and and its discontents and and its supporters. Uh, we'll break it down a little bit more than that, though. There's so many issues around digital publishing. Where do you, where do you begin? Um, you know, obviously, day and date release has uh, pretty much become the standard. Um, uh, we ended the year with uh, one of the uh, premier uh, literary comics, uh, Drawn Quarterly, announcing that they're finally uh, uh, going to release some of their books uh, in digital format on the Kobo Vox. Um, I think if anybody the, uses the Kobo box, uh, that's true. Um, uh, that, good point. But, uh, <laughs> it's like you know. Let's. Uh, I will say this: they're they're trolling for comics content. Uh, they they launched with Archie, uh, and now they've obviously got obviously one of the best publishers on the planet. Uh, and and you'll you'll be hearing more. There'll be more. Uh, you, we may not like the device, and there are some complaints about it. Uh, but Kobo is an interesting uh, digital retailer. And um, they have been competing, uh, really, device for device with both Amazon and BNN. So there's more to come, that, if I may say so. Well, and, you know, I don't know if you saw, uh, there was an interview with Tony Millionaire, who uh, is published by both uh, Fantagraphics and Dark Horse, and he mentioned that he was working on a, a an app for his uh, Sock Monkey comic. Of course, he had an animated show based on it, so that might not be you know, anything to do with uh, fanographics, but, you know, more and more individual publishers are getting their own apps. I mean, the, yeah. I think that is definitely something that's going to happen this year. And, the indie And it may well out. be that what's going on is just because he's creator owns it, that if they're not putting it out in digital, he will. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think going into this year, we're, we're probably going to hear a bit more from publishers like Fanagraphics. Uh, I mean, Pantheon has done some one-off e-books uh, I think they did Ben Catcher's um, book uh, from early last year as an ebook for that one. <clears throat> I don't think they've done any since. Um, yeah, um, but obviously, we're waiting to hear from uh, from other publishers. Uh, I think uh, Viz's announcement that uh, they had a deal to get one to launch 100 volumes on the Nook. Yep. Uh, and they and they intend to go up to at five, uh, to add up to 500 volumes before the year is out. Uh, it just gives you a sense of just where it's heading. 
Um, that's it. There's going to be a lot more. I mean, I think one of the most interesting things is that there are going to be more um, publishers who are going direct to digital. And I mean, that is where I think at this time next year, we're really going to be talking about who's a breakout on that. Um, a lot of books that are out of print are being brought back as apps by uh, of Independent. There was uh, Eddie Campbell's uh, Rapping John book uh, is coming out. It just came out as a standalone app and by this company that is doing a lot of, uh, that plans to do more. So And, and digital may be the new plop, floppy. I yeah. mean... <laughs> well, I, I think that's a good point. Uh, I, I, just to add to your direct-to-e-book uh, 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 note there, uh, I actually just got a, a, a note from Peter Cooper who is actually publishing uh, through iTunes? Yes, I yes. Uh, a um, an original ebook. Actually, I think there's going to be a hardcover in in um, in Spanish and French, but the English language version will be entirely digital. And uh, it's I think it's called Drawn to New York. Mm -hmm. uh, I think another trend that I think we're going to look forward to see in 2012 is I think not only direct to ebook, but really looking at ways to kind of create ebooks directly. I mean, to design uh, comics directly for digital Absolutely. consumption. Um, it's very interesting. A, uh, a digital producer here in New York, I believe he's worked for Open Media. In fact, I know he works for Open Media, uh, Open Road Media, uh, Pablo Defendini, used to work at Tor. He actually created um, a kind of a platform based on CSS and HTML, uh, kind of a browser based that, that allows comics. To, to design comics that simply adapt to whatever shape screen you have. You can turn it landscape, you can turn it portrait. The um, it, Go to defendini.com or look up Pablo Defendini online and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a very interesting uh, uh, platform for comics publishers to use uh, online. And how do you spell Defendini, Calvin? Uh, D-E-F-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-D-E-N-
where uh, Ron Richards and I fanboy was pointing out that, you know, sales have gone down. Uh, and uh, over the last few years, and I, it's funny because I had a lot of comments that were like, oh, they've always said that. You know what, sales haven't always gone down. I mean, they actually went up significantly in the beginning of the uh, last decade. And Calvin, you chimed in on that, uh, that thread. Um, but, you know, it, it, sales do have trends. I mean, it's not just like this downward spiral that people are complaining and complaining about. I mean, things change and things evolve. And, uh, I, I mean, I brought up in there, like, there are more comics with web comics out there. And then yeah. somebody uh, poo-pooed that as, yeah. you know, not making money. But, I mean, come on. Well, if you know what you're doing yeah. and you are popular enough, you make money. And I also it. think we have to get away from this notion that the superhero genre is the entire comics community. It's, they're very important. We love them. Um, but they have their own problems as a genre. But the fact is, uh, there are, it's an explosion of creativity and work in a whole range of genres that, that when I was a kid, didn't even exist in comics. Uh, I, re I continue to believe, I think, that more comics are being bought and sold now than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think just they're just going questions. through all kinds and of different channels. And in more places, yeah. and in more channels. And that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we love our direct market. We yes, really, really we do. do. But, you know, that maybe it's not for everybody, and maybe that doesn't mean there's something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I mean, but there are danger signs also. I mean, there were a lot of tablets given as Christmas presents. Yes. I mean, that is a fact. Well, I, I yes. forget the exact number, but it was something, you know, millions. Amazon yeah. activated. Amazon sold four or five million. Well, yeah, they activated uh, four or five Kindle Kindles on yeah. Christmas, the yeah. Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, so, and, and there's evidence that there are people walking into their comic shops and saying, hey, you know that pull list I had? Uh, I've got an iPad now, so I'm not going to be buying them anymore. I mean, there's, uh, this is anecdotal evidence of that happening. So, you know, if I were running a direct market comic shop, I would be hella concerned about all of this. Um, you know, it is absolutely yeah. something that you need to find new customers. And, yeah. You know, is it apparel? Is it uh, toys? Is it, you know, non-digitizable? And I think all retailers, all independent retailers, have to figure out where they fit into this new landscape. Well, Calvin, uh, what have indie booksellers been telling you? Well, you know, uh, they have. They basically have been optimistic um, at going into the new year. Uh, I hear from talking to, and I'm talking to independent retailers here, and I'm talking about chain booksellers. Uh, they're really big on nonfiction, but when I say nonfiction, they're not necessarily talking about you know biographies or, or or the like. They want creative nonfiction, in particular things like radioactive, um, the uh, the really unusual uh, graphic um, biography of um, uh, Madame Curie uh, that was a National Book Award nominee. Um, uh, uh, more in like of say the Zen of Steve Jobs, the new. Uh, the new gra uh, graphic bio of Steve Jobs that focuses on his relationship with a uh, with a Zen priest and how that affected his design sense and ultimately uh, Apple's sense of design. Uh, so they, they were very big on that. Um, of course, um, uh, the and I talked with some people from some small and big independents. Uh, they they they're pessimistic about manga. Uh, I got a lot of people saying, oh, uh, several people saying that they were, they thought that the loss of anime on TV, uh, in particular, is, there's not yeah. as much on TV as there used to be, and they think that that was a real driver uh, for people. Um, they think, uh, they also believe, and they also believe in many ways that the uh, the problems that the print side is facing, like costly licensing and, and now a loss of awareness, 
and it kind of affected the anime side as well. Uh, but all of that is affecting the print side, they believe. Um, but uh, they were um, they were also happy about um, independent publishers. Now, obviously, much praise for Fantagraphics and B&Q. And we're talking, you know, this is their market. The independent bookstores that I'm talking to, they they uh, pride themselves on literary prose. And when they made uh, an effort to really uh, embrace graphic novels, that very often these kind of books are what is, is are their big sellers. The stores I talked to actually did really well with Habibi, uh, though many of them did say that they thought that, that they kind of they expected too much from it. They did well, but you know they overordered. Um, let's see. Um, uh, they're curious to see how the packaging of the new Fifty Two will do when these books start arriving as trade paperbacks. Uh, let's see. Uh, their worries is that, their worries that there's going to be, the worries that they have about the market is that there's going to be too much nonfiction, but not enough really creative and imaginative well, you know, I think that really speaks to what a lot of people are talking about. And I mean, with Marvel, I think Marvel is like kind of the publisher at risk this year because they, they have, you know, they were on top for a long time. And, uh, you know, the pendulum swings. I mean, that's just how it is. Mm. I mean, they, they, it looks like they overcame, they were the top publisher in December, but I mean, they still have kind of, uh, you know, their last few events have, have sort of fallen flat. And, um... You know, they kind of need a new juice. Of course, they have the Avengers movie coming out, which might just make a couple bucks. So, I mean, they don't have that many worries, and they are owned by Disney. But, I mean, it's just kind of a real feeling that Marvel is ready for their own kind of creative shakeup. But, I mean, whether you love it or you hate it, I mean, the DC reboot, certainly, uh, you loved and part of it. If you loved part of it, you hated part of it. But, you know, they had some great new stuff on there, and they really creatively kind of juiced up the line. There, there are a lot of ways that comic companies can and have in the past shaken up a line without necessarily doing that. And Marvel certainly do for one of them, yeah. whatever they I do. I will say, indie bookstores, they were, though, they're anxious to see the movies that are coming up this year. Uh, a lot of them are wary. They really do feel like, and this is not an insight, they really feel like uh, the superhero books, they don't have a book that you can tie to them. You, uh, you really need a book that you just can tie to it in order uh, to sell. They just say, you know, there's 50 titles. What, what do you do? Right. Uh, it's very tough for them to, to cash in well, in a way where they can put a book in front of a, of a person and say, hey, this is a book that will give you some insight to the movie. Branding. branding. Well, well there's kind of, some who feel that 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 season one or whatever it's called line that Marvel is doing might be kind of an attempt. I, I, I think they're going to try for that. Because and they, I think it's a good idea. Because one too. of the books they're doing is Ant-Man. And I mean, yeah. that is, a, you know, wouldn't be on my top yeah. ten list, but uh, supposedly there's a movie coming out. So, you know. Because they, they added a, a number of titles to the original. Right. Ones, they, yeah. they did and like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. Which is also rumored to be in development. So, you know, there's definitely some method where that madness is. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's it's. And I'm not surprised about the Hulk at all because they've got like 40 million Hulk things coming out in the next year great, or two. Great stories sell books, and they do. that is really what it comes down to. And I think, um, I think some of the things that we're talking about in this forecast or outlook really do come down to uh, content, and uh, you know that's always the cry really when people sit around in bars and have to talk about how to save comics or keep comics going. At the end, it's always come down to man, we got to do better stories. And you know content that's just the is good, and you also content. have to to see your good content when you got it and know which books you should promote. I mean, you know, a publisher will have well, for example, last year uh, Robert Langridge's Thor. There are also like five or six other Thor books coming out, and Marvel didn't. 
you know, make it clear how their different books were different. So it just sort of got lost in the shuffle. And, you know, by the time people noticed the content, the book was already closing. Yeah, well, that wasn't the kind of book that Marvel could sell. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's one thing about great content like Moan or Watchmen. You know, yeah. those are so great and towering yes. that they're going to find an audience. Um, and, you know, like Moan went from selling a minuscule number to, you know, being a sales juggernaut. Um, but there's other books. I mean, I know talking to Oni, uh, like the Sixth Gun series by Colin Bunn does incredibly mm-hmm. well for them. And, um, you know, but if you're not really into comics, I mean, it's it's a really good book that people read. Is it Watchmen? No. But it's no, like but a really strong book. It doesn't book. need to be. Right. Watchmen. It doesn't need to be. But I'm saying that's the kind of book where a little bit of knowledge in the selling is going to say like, oh, you know what? People like this and people are going to buy this. So, I mean, it, you, the smarter you are, the better your chances of survival. I hear that. <laughs> okay, where are we at well, here now? Well, now we're, uh, you know, let's talk about who we might think of as a breakout. As a breakout. Public, okay. Yes, for 2012. Calvin? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, this isn't a big insight. I mean, I think the breakout publisher for 2012 is going to be Geronic Quarterly. I mean, uh, year in and year out, they blow you away with the just the, the, the creativity uh, and imagination of their authors, not to mention just the, the gorgeous production of their books. Um, I just think that their their announcement of that they're going to be you know putting uh, Chester Brown's books on the Cobalt box. Uh, they have two books they named originally: Lewis the Lewis Real and Paying for It. Uh, but there's going to be more to come. Um, he was chosen because of the their black and white, and he was actually very aggressively urging them to do so. Um, uh, so I just think Drawn and Quarterly is going to be really um, yeah, impressive, I mean, they, and they've they got they a great lineup coming up in the 2012. Digital, once they kind of create the digital divide, there's going to be such a huge market out there for them, for people who wouldn't go into a comic shop, but would probably have an iPad. And, uh, you know, just to throw uh, this in there, uh, Chester Brown is far from the only uh, creator on a a digitally delaying publisher who's yeah, kind of been tapping yeah, his toes. I mean, I've heard quite a few of them. You know, off the record, saying, you know, I want to go digital. And um, let me know. go down very quickly. Just a couple of books they've got coming out in 2012. Ed the Happy Clown. That alone, uh, frankly, will should send people running to the to their bookstores and their Kobo boxes, I suppose. Can um, you tell us what it is? Uh, well, no, I can't describe no. what Ed the Happy Clown is on a family show. Um, okay. Let's just say that it is an insane classic. Go and buy it. Uh, if anybody tells you about it, just buy it. Um, what else was I going to say? I forgot. No, well, you know, they have new books by Seth coming out. They oh, have Seth a new Guy Delisle book coming there you out. Go. They have a new. Thank you, Heidi. There you yeah, go. Uh, well, out. They have. Well, but, uh, I've been working I, on the uh, <laughs> announcements issues, so I kind of have. I saw it have a clown, and everything yeah. else just blew out yeah. of my head. So they, they are just. Uh, look, they're everybody's favorite quality publisher, but uh, I'm just picking up the talk yeah. about here. Well, you know, I would have picked. Ronnie Quarterly also because uh, or you know I consider them because as I said I'm doing the announcements and they're just the books they have coming out in the first half of 2012 are in a murderer's row. However, yeah. I will pick a different breakout publisher uh, with Image because this is really the Image. In the last few days, we've seen Brian Hitch go to Image. You know, coming off a 10-year exclusive at Marvel, drawing their biggest books, and now he's at Image doing a book with Jonathan Ross. Um, called America's Got Talent. Um, you know, Ann Brubaker and Sean Phillips have moved from Icon at Marvel to Image. For um, their creator-owned For work. their creator-owned book. Uh, well, everything at Image is creator-owned except for Top well, Cow, I Well, guess. no, but I mean they're continuing yes. to do their non-creator-owned yes. work and, elsewhere. Yes, um, and so, uh, 
uh, Brian K. Vaughn is uh, coming yeah. to Image mm-hmm. with a book. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Everybody is moving to Image. And, uh, I mean, there's other people who are rumored to be coming. Mark Miller is bringing his books to Image. I mean, these are all the people who are the top writers and creators at Marvel and DC 10 years ago. And, you know, they are uh, going to Image. And will the books come out on time? It's been proven with a book like Chew or, of course, The Walking Dead, that when a book comes out regularly, uh, it gets it a bigger better. audience. Yes, so that is the challenge, always an image. But uh, Eric Stevenson has been very vocal, their publisher, uh, really playing it up. So uh, a lot could happen there. Okay. Um, Let's see. Moving on um, to, what are we at here? Cultural Cultural trends. trends. Cultural trends. Um, I just wanted to briefly mention, uh, really, I thought, uh, uh, a trenchant, uh, an incredibly uh, important kind of uh, essay that uh, Dean Haspel put on his uh, what's it, Trip City? Um, what's the name of his website? Uh, uh, Trip City. Welcome, yeah, to, Welcome to Trip City. Com. It's called Publisher Parish, and and it could have also very easily be called Self Publisher Parish. I mean, really, Dean talks a little bit about kind of I guess in some ways his past year. Where really, um, really one of the a top professional, really an acclaimed artist who's you work with everybody, done original books, work for the biggest publishers, is finding it harder and harder to pitch a product, a product that can be supported by a conventional publisher. He is not the only one. Uh, in 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 traditional prose publishing and in comics, it's tougher and tougher to do a creative project that conventional publishers will support. This does not mean the world is coming to an end, but it does mean that the onus more and more is going to be on the creative artists to publish, distribute, and promote themselves. Quiet as it's been kept, you have to do it almost anyway when you are conventionally published. So this is really kind of a shout out that really, you know, we've kind of been hearing all along. I just thought it was a, a, a timely kind of yeah, broadside to the world, and I just think that all creatives... Um, out there really need to take heed. Uh, well, it's not a bad thing. It is the reality that you live in, that we all live in, and the tools to do it and to do it effectively now are better than they've ever been. And I, I mean, I totally think this is a trend. I mean, if you talk to any two creators together, they're all talking about, you know, how they're going to yeah. keep doing it. And, um, I mean, the sad reality is we have not created an industry where you could be a established creator and say yep that's it you know oh here's my next book here's my next manuscript and throw it on your publisher's desk and you know that's a sale i mean that world just doesn't exist anymore everybody's real touch point is this is louis ck who's a you know yeah. very successful comic very hilarious comic uh the other kind of comic and he's now distributing his own videos yeah. his own comedy Absolutely. specials you know and he, made a pretty penny and doing yeah it. and i mean you know radiohead self-distributed i mean you get to be a louis ck or a radiohead at the tippity top of your game obviously but and, um, re- and remember also the the, the move towards self-publishing is you know it's not where artists jump up in the morning necessarily and say you know what i want to self-publish myself i don't need a publisher very often what happens is that you have no choice. I, last night, actually, I had the, the, the uh, actually the, uh, good fortune to actually go to uh, a small re- reception for Amanda Hocking. This is the, uh, the formerly self-published um, young woman who basically wrote 10 novels while she was working as a caregiver in a small town in Minnesota. She was rejected up and down by everybody. She self-published her books on Amazon and found a market and found a reader. In fact, found millions of readers. 
everybody is not going to hit the jackpot, pop, the, the jackpot here. But w what we are saying is that self-publishing, self-promoting, and with the tools to do it now is a viable option for all creative people. They're much easier and much cheaper than they've ever been. Than they've ever been. And you, the, with the Internet, you indeed have the ability as one person. There, there, what, there's a great old saying um, uh, by, uh, uh, oh, God, the guy. I, I hate to bring up a quote, but I can't remember the name. But um, the, 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 it's a quote is that the, um, the old news, a New Yorker writer, uh, freedom of the press belongs to those who own one. Uh, when he said that, indeed, you did have to be. Uh -huh. The New York right. Times to really, really uh, exercise your freedom of the press. But in the Internet age, indeed, every person indeed does have their own press. That's right. Um, you know, kind of going from the uh, the noble world of uh, you know creators determining their own destiny. Uh, there's, uh, the, I think, something we're going to see a lot more of in 2012 is marketing specifically to the geek. Uh, audience. I guess I'd call this the Big Bang Theory uh, movement. Um, you know, I already made a note. There's quite a few TV shows coming up. There's uh, uh, Kevin Smith's show, now revealed as Comic Book Men. So, you know, it's about yeah. dudes uh, hanging around a comic shop who can't meet girls. So, you know, that's very progressive. Uh, there's actually a geek dating show. A lot of these geek shows, again, as with the Big Bang Theory, seem to be predicated on the inability of uh, intelligent people to meet girls. Um, let's see, there's a, a, a show internet. that's... Internet. Internet. Internet, Yes, there's a supposedly a LARPing reality show coming up. Um, that actually sounds interesting. And there's also a show that might be called, uh, uh, that's from, the, uh, it's, it's billed as Jersey Shore with Geeks. So, you know, this... I, could, I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. What's it called? So uh, the, I, you know what it doesn't have? It's a project at this point. Ah, it's a pilot project. Pilot. Geeks with tans. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> Either that or geeks gone wild. <laughs> okay, well, the possibilities are endless. endless right? Yes, and appalling. So, uh, anyway, I, I, you know, this nerd world, like, even as creators of nerd world uh, scrabble for a dime to buy their coffee, um, everyone else is attempting to make money off of it also. So. Yeah. That's the watchword for 25. The nerds of one. Yes, yes. Right. And uh, my cultural trend is that quite the opposite of Heidi's is marketing fail. I think that uh, DC and Marvel are going to totally fail, once again, to capitalize on their upcoming superhero movie. I think that they are going to continue to put out movies that sell lots and lots of tickets in the theaters and will bring almost no money to the comic shop because, well, this is what's happened every other time. And secondly, uh, by the fact that it's just so disorganized when you're looking at what's coming out. Like, DC is still coming out after, what, a year and a half? It's coming out with a second volume of Superman Earth One, which is odd because basically <laughs> all of DC has turned into Earth One. <laughs> well, <that's... laughs> you know, I mean, they... they I mean... They're, mo they're milking this reboot thing maybe maybe to an extreme. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been argued that the success of the Superman Earth One graphic novel, which rebooted the Superman story in one graphic novel for an easily accessible beginning, is what inspired the reboot of the whole DCU to begin with. So why exactly it needs a sequel? I'm not entirely Isn't clear. Is there a Batman Earth One? Yeah, well, they've been biggest... talking about that for a long yeah. time, and indeed now that's finally coming out. After they already just rebooted Batman, it's <laughs> well, it's all very. You know, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> start all over again. <laughs> okay. 
right. Well, you, uh, you know, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, some books that we're yeah. excited about for 2012. Because that's what we like to yes. do. Shall I start yes, off? No, or, no. Okay, well, I'm going to go through. I've got four here, so I'm going to go through them real, real quick. Big books coming up in 2012. Uh, Unter by Lila Corman. Um, it's a, 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 a Schocken book. And Schocken is uh, traditionally the um, Random House's Judaica uh, imprint. But, and this is a fascinating story looking at uh, three sisters um, in 1910 on the Lower East Side of New York uh, and really kind of how they their struggle to survive. Uh, there is a sense of tragedy here, but it also is. This is. Uh, it looks like a really detailed and really enveloping look at um, New York City uh, of that period, uh, and in particular, lives of women uh, at that period. It's coming in April 2012. Uh, another amazing book uh, coming out. It's really three books, a three-volume set. It's called The Graphic Canon, uh, a definitive anthology of the world's great. Re- literature as comics and visuals. Basically, this is a three-volume set involving 132 artists. It's uh, it's edited by Russ Kick, and uh, the first volume will be out in April. It's basically a whole cavalcade of incredible uh, artists doing adaptations of the world's great literature, uh, from Gilgamesh to Shakespeare, from Kubla Khan to the Bronte Sisters, from the Heart of Darkness to Hemingway to Infinite Jest. Um, yeah, it's going to be under a lot of trees and are, in a lot of we libraries. Want so this book. It's, we it want is, this book. it's coming, mark your calendars. Uh, also coming, and I believe this is actually coming out about in, in January, late this month. Believe it or not, healthcare reform. What it is, why it's, it's necessary, how it works, by Jonathan Gruber. It is riveting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it, it will be if you don't have health insurance. <laughs> But um, it's, it's a uh, heck of a lot more riveting than something on the subject without pictures. There you go. So <laughs> I've read about half of it. You know what? It's easy to understand. It's really lively. Uh, it's partisan. So, you know, you'll see. But it is definitely a pro-healthcare reform. And it's written, obviously, by Jonathan Gruber, who actually worked with uh, President Obama on constructing his health care plan. Uh, and it's illustrated by Nathan Schreiber. And uh, last but not least for me, coming in March, a really unusual book uh, to be published by uh, a, uh, a university press. It's coming up in the University of Alabama Press. It's called Dark Room, a, mem- a Memoir in Black and White by Lana Quintero Weaver. It's a really unusual graphic memoir uh, about Lila Weaver, who came to this country in 1961 uh, as a young girl. I believe she was five years old. They moved to a rural part of Alabama at the beginning of the Civil War. Well, not the beginning of the Civil War, but it really in the midst of the civil rights movement. It's really a fascinating book, um, tolling pictures, obviously, um, but it really gives you a detailed look at life and also a look at life in basically racist rural Alabama as the civil rights movement was coming to a head and seen through the eyes of a young immigrant who is also becoming American and viewing uh, an America that she really had no idea uh, was waiting for her. So uh, it's coming out in uh, March. And I just think it's really a really touching, uh, really kind of moving book. Um, let's see. I have a couple books. I mean, as I said, I'm just working on the uh, announcements issue. So uh, I picked four. I, I do think the biggest book of the year that jumps out is Are You My Mother by Alison yes. Bechtel. And this is a follow-up to Fun Home, which is her real breakthrough book that came out uh, a few years ago. And in that one, she uh, talked about her father, who was a closeted gay man, and just how difficult 
that made life. And this one, she looks at her mother, and uh, who was also kind of a frustrated uh, creative type, and you know all the problems that created. And and you know in in Fun Home, Bechdel really took a story that um, is you know could be could be boring to be honest, but sure. I mean she made it so riveting. I mean family drama is either the best thing in the world or the most fascinating thing in the world. And Bechdel really. It uh, makes it fascinating. She's just such a great writer. She's so keenly observed and everything. And, uh, you know, this book's getting 100,000 first printing, yeah, so yeah. obviously the publishers have a lot of faith in it, and it's, it's nice to see an original graphic novel by a really quality creator getting that kind of uh, faith. Um, another book that's coming out that I'm really excited about is uh, a new English-language version of Corto Maltese yeah. by Hugo Pratt, which is uh, really one of the gems of European comics. Uh, it's a kind of adventure comic just drawn with great artwork and uh, that, you know, sale, the first book, The Battle of the Salty Sea. I mean, there have been American or English language versions of this before. They're all out of print. Um, they never get very far. Um, so uh, Rizzoli's putting out a new edition and hopefully in a new translation because there were some problems with the last time. But you know, well, those are great a, adventure strips uh, of all time. Yes. Um, another book that I look forward to early in the year is Gone to America from uh, mm -hmm. Vertigo. This is a graphic novel uh, by written yeah. by um, Derek McCulloch and yeah, and Colleen uh, Duran, <laughs> uh, drawn by Colleen Duran who is, uh, this is about the Irish immigrant experience. And, uh, you know, Derek's previous book was um, uh, really an excellent book about Stagger Lee and Colleen oh, yeah. Duran, of course, is, is well known. So uh, this looks beautiful. When's um, it coming out? That book is coming out in March. Um, and then uh, there is a finally, uh, Fantagraphs is putting out a collection of a host Swart, the great uh, Flemish cartoonist. And, uh, you know, you just can't get enough of his stuff. So that's another one really for the art art fan out there. So, I mean, those are just four books. There's really a lot of books coming out. Uh, and look to Publishers Weekly, announcement issue coming out in just a couple <laughs> of weeks. Good. And you'll see the pick of the first half of the year. That's a plug, y'all. Brian K. Vaughan is one of the the great comic creators of the last 10 or 12 years. And he's kind of disappeared off the radar for a little bit. But he is coming back this year with a bang to image with a very, very highly anticipated book by anyone who's heard of it, which is to say not everybody uh, has heard of it, unfortunately, called Saga which is, all we know about it is that it is going to be a sort of space Star Wars type drama, but also a family drama, where instead of it being, you know, young, footloose, single heroes, it's about um, a young married couple and their baby trying to survive in the middle of, like, star-spanning war and adventure, and, and I can hardly wait! <laughs> and that's yeah. coming out from Image. That's another book that sounds great. So, Well, you know what? There will be lots of comics to read in 2012. That's for sure. Really a lot of great comics already, already coming. coming down the pipeline. Yes. Speaking of comics, um, I just wanted to quick get your read on the Tintin movie. Uh, it just popped to mind. What did you guys think of it? I saw it the other night. Um, it was. Uh, I want to see. It. it looked a lot better than Polar Express. I will say they kind of <laughs> overcome the problem of the uh, of the soulless eyes of yeah, the. Does see, it of the descend into the uncanny yeah, valley? No, it really. It they is. really overcome that. But uh, I thought it was just too busy. You know, they spent four years building the environments for the characters to run mm -hmm. around in. So basically, when you're looking at the screen, it was like so busy everywhere except for Tintin because he is a cipher. 
and uh, the action was so relentless in this movie. I it, see it. it was entertaining, and I enjoyed it. And there were parts where I jumped out of my seat and went ooh. And then there was parts like probably like 15 minutes from the end where I almost fell asleep because I was just so exhausted I had to shut down. Sensory overload. I will but say like, this: um, I get carsick. <laughs> I had to close my eyes during some of the action sequences, and I was so glad I didn't see it in 3D. So, if you also get carsick, don't watch this movie in 3D. Where did you see it? See, Non-3D? I wanted to see it in non-3D. See, that's what I want to see. You I just need to be 3D. really... Like, it was only flying in the afternoons in non-3D. See, I want to so see non-3D, I had to, but... I had to, like, specifically search on Fandango for non-3D. Wow. But if you can but, find it in non-3D, like, go to that one yeah, if you I have... I non-3D, too. But I tell you, the way you describe it makes me really want to see it. <laughs> it, no, it was, I thought it was good, although... I love sensory overload. Interestingly enough, I felt like... All the character designs were great, except for Tintin. Like, Tintin was smack dab in the middle of the Uncanny Valley, and everybody else looked like a comic book. Hmm. And I'm not really sure what made them you know, make that artistic choice. You know, but, uh, it's not sensory overload. It's information overload. Yes. And now, on to news briefs. Okay. That would be you. Yes, that would be me. Okay, we're going to lead off with an interesting story from Los Angeles. Golden Apple Comics, Los Angeles' most famous comic book store, went up for sale over the Christmas holidays on eBay, including its entire stock for six hundred thousand. Uh, six hundred and seventy-nine. Sorry, six hundred seventy-nine thousand and nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. And unfortunately, uh, when the auction ended about an hour ago, it failed to gain any buyers at all. <laughs> More about. Uh, the future of the store is not known at this time. Well, unfortunately, one of the most famous comic stores in the it world. It really is. Um, it's a, it's a why sort it's being odd put ending. up for sale on eBay is disturbing to me. Uh, but um, maybe it's go. a publicity stunt. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. quite get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might be. A, I think it is really to get publicity. I mean, you know, yeah. putting something up for sale the week of Christmas. Yeah. Maybe not the best sales time either. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be more to come on that story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. And speaking of unusual sales, the Brick Bible, a photocomic illustrating exciting and controversial episodes from the Bible by depicting them using Legos by Brendan Powell Smith, has been banned from Sam's Club. (laughs) (laughs) The retailer misunderstood the nature of the book and had been under the impression it would be appropriate for small children and ordered many copies. Instead, the book depicts many incidents of rape, stonings, and other atrocities, including a number of passages from Leviticus. Apparently what? sexual discharges as well. Yes. Well, <laughs> well there's, there's an awesome scene where David um, kill, attacks the Philistines, kills 200 of them, and cuts off their foreskins. Yeah. All yeah. told with Legos. Yeah, you know, plastic that takes sex. Doing. Plastic atrocities, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it hilarity ensues, but yeah. it probably is not for the under-12s, yes. although they might enjoy it. Um, uh, in less lighthearted news... Um, there's a giant uh, copyright infringement case going down in Japan over the holidays here when our comics news were completely dead and everyone was drunk on too much eggnog. Seven major creators, uh, Jiro Asada... Not their publishers, by the way. Not their publishers. Creators themselves. Jiro Asada, Aramasa Asawa, Go Nagai, Marika Hayashi, Keigo Higashino, Kenshi Hirakane... Sun Buran have all filed a joint lawsuit against Otago Company and ScanX Books, who have two companies, not individual guys in their basement, but companies 
who have been illegally copying and pirating their manga. And they originally requested the companies to stop, and the companies said they wouldn't. So now they're going to court. This is kind of odd. I mean, just looking at it, it, it apparently those two companies run a couple of the biggest manga stores in Japan. Yeah, and apparently they're also and they're, pirates. And they're pirating manga. It's kind of strange. As, but, uh, there's... You, hey, you know, you got to be about their business plan and, you know, and how they thought they wouldn't get caught. It's Japan, baby. WTF. Talking about how you have to be creative to stay in business. <laughs> yeah, so clearly so, they are. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, that. unless they've creatively paid off the judicial system, I don't see how they're going to make yeah. a profit on this one. Yeah, all right. Um, and in better news from Japan, Roni Kenshin is returning this year with all new issues from its original creator, Nobuhiro Watsuki. Um, so, manga fans, keep your eyes out. Oh, but one more piece of humorous comic book news. Diamond Book Distribution, not generally known for its wacky sense of fun, <laughs> pranked comic news site Bleeding Cool this week, leading them to report that DC and Marvel were going to do a 12-part Spider-Man-Batman crossover series. Rich Johnston, Bleeding Cool's editor, had noticed that Diamond tended to upload news stories online long before they were linked on the site's homepage and had gained some early scoops in this manner. So they left a little trap for him. You know, Marvel did the same thing to Rich because he's been going around and and uh, that's how he got the Watchmen artwork that he ran, the Watchmen 2 artwork that he ran a couple weeks ago, apparently. So, you know, the companies have all had to uh, react to this, apparently. I mean, I know Marvel had to change their whole FTP system and... Uh, you know, DC had to change uh, their way, and now Diamond is having to change how they do it. So, I don't know. What do you guys think of that, though? I mean, do you think that would... Calvin, have you ever trolled around on a website for a story? Sure. Sure. I mean, <laughs> sure, absolutely. I, I think... Uh, I'm not probably as technically as adept as the two people I'm sitting in this room with, uh, so I probably couldn't get very far, but I have certainly trolled around websites trying to find stories. You know, hey, he got punked, and, you know, it happens. Uh, it was pretty funny. I, I agree with Kate in your lead-in. Who would have thought Diamond had that big a sense of humor? Yeah, I mean, and, and he seems to be, you know, taking it in, in good spirits. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's fair play on both sides. If you're yeah. going to put something out on the Internet, even if you don't publicize the fact that you put it there, you can't be surprised that people, like, find it because it's on the Internet. And, you know, if you're taking something that hasn't been officially released, you have to expect that, you know, occasionally somebody might be tricking you. And look, who doesn't love seeing the media look like, making the media look like a fool? So, you know, I mean, I well, everybody's happy here. Situation. Everybody's happy here. You know, Rich says he's not a journalist. So, you know, uh, I think he's safe on that account. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there are a lot of people who say that. But, you know, there you go. In, in any event... Um, Half the people who are doing humor, journalism these days say Humor was served. <laughs> okay, moving on. We're not moving on anywhere, Calvin. Oh, that's it? No. Well, we do have our... Project X Cup Noodle. We didn't mention that, but we, we'll have to save that for next time. Right. Uh, but, you know, we do for have, we do have yeah. giveaway. our um, giveaway this week is Drawing Down the Moon, The Art of Charles Best, in the paperback version. This is a gorgeous art book published by Dark Horse featuring the art of Charles Best. Who, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous. He's absolutely amazing. He drew Stardust. Uh, you know, he has done... Uh, he did the... The Shakespeare issue of Sandman. Yes, I mean, that has won. Uh, he's many illustrated the covers of many, many things. And he's done his. Uh, uh, he good. He's amazing. Yes. He's really great. And uh, anyway, if you like fantasy art, you will like this book. So, how will this book become yours? Well, all you need to do is email with 
uh, give away Charles Vess in the title and your name and address in the body to pwcwgiveaway at gmail.com. What's that address again? pwcwgiveaway at gmail.com. And this book can be yours. A winner will be chosen at random. Void where prohibited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, welcome to 2012, everyone. Yeah, and, we made um, it. And there's more to come.